Here at the beginning of January, we, we kicked off this year, believing the Lord to give us a 2020 vision. Having clarity. Being able to see. So we're, we're asking the Lord for two things this year. And number one is clarity for the present. Sometimes we get so wrapped up in what happened yesterday and worried about what's going to happen tomorrow that we forget about today. So, Lord, give me clarity for the present. And then give me vision for the future. You need to know where you're going. You need to know what God is calling you to do. You need to have a vision for your home and your marriage and your, your business and for your children. You need to have a vision of what God wants to do through you and in you. And so as we look and we're praying today for just that clarity of vision. And we looked at the vision of the Lord's house. That we're called to reach, restore, train, and send. And this year I'm praying that you find your place in that vision. Where, 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 do you, where can you serve? Where can you give? Is it with youth, with children, with the adults? Is it, is it for outreach? Is it to work in the community? Is it to feed the hungry? Is it to visit the hospitals or the jails? What is God calling you to do? How can you make a difference? And I tell you, you don't have to. It doesn't even have to be organized or with a group. Everywhere you go, God has called you to make a difference. You can make a difference at Walmart. Everywhere you go. How many has had someone ask you, you've been out and somewhere they tell you of a need and they say, hey, be sure to pray for me. Here's what I'm challenging you to do this year. Instead of saying, okay, yes, we'll pray. We'll pray at church. I encourage you just to reach out and take their hand and say, let's pray now. Who cares where you're at or who sees or who listens? Because God can do miracles in the workplace, at the grocery store, amen, wherever you're at, at the ball game. If someone has a need, you be bold enough to say, I'm here to agree with you that God is going to meet that need. Begin to see yourself fulfilling the Great Commission. Going into all the world. Going into your world, your neighborhood, your next door neighbor, your family. As you go into your world, begin to see what God wants you to see. And today I want to close out January. We're going to go into February. It's our love month. Uh, We're going to start on Wednesday night, this Wednesday night, uh, looking at the five love languages. And every couple has a love, every person has a love language. And when you know what yours is and you know what your spouse's is, you're able to meet those needs. And so for the next five weeks on Wednesday night, uh, we're going to do a study on the five love languages. And then on Sunday mornings, we'll be talking, uh, going into our love month. And uh, we're going to be talking about love, loving God, loving others, loving our friends, our family and marriage and It's going to be a wonderful time on the 15th. We've got our couples retreat. You need to be sure to pick up a brochure, sign up, pay, full barbecue dinner. Uh, It's going to be all day Saturday from 9 until 4. Every couple, you need to be in that marriage seminar. And then Brother Philip Baker will be here uh, that Sunday to minister to the families. And also, it's going to be a great month. But we're closing out today, January. I want to look at the, uh, the view, our view Versus God's view. How many know that 
we see things a little different than God does. We have a different perspective. What does God see and how does God see it? How does God see me? How does God see others? How do I see me? How do I see God? How do I see others? See, our views, our perspective can be so different. The Bible declares that our ways are God's ways are higher than our ways. As high as the heaven is above the earth. And so we know there's a different perspective. And we want to just, uh, just kind of explore that a little bit today. And then I'm going to challenge you. At the end, we're going to come and fill this altar. And we're going to ask God to give us His view. Lord, let me see people the way you see them. Let me see my family the way you see them. Let me see my spouse the way you see them. Let me see myself the way that you see me. Let's talk a little bit. About our view. We had opportunity. Me and Amy had opportunity this week. Uh, to go to Arizona. Uh, some good friends of ours. Dwight and Karen from Pennsylvania. Uh, invited us. They had booked this trip. And they said. If you can come. Accommodations are taken care of. Now listen. This summer. When you're booking your vacation. If you want to get an extra room. And invite us. We never turn down a trip. <laughs> Somebody said, I go on vacation to get away from you, Pastor. But we're there. And so they invited us to go, and we said, Hey, I mean, if, it's, if you're paying, we're coming. And so we got there, and you know, on our bucket list, everybody has a bucket list. Things you want to see and do. And uh, we've been, we, 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 listen, we do a lot. We spend our children's inheritance fulfilling our bucket list. Speaking of my children, I want to congratulate my daughter and Matt on their engagement. Yeah, so ex- I'm excited and I'm sad. But uh, Matt's a great guy. He's just going to take her away to Dallas. I'm going to... Dallas is not that far. I can drive it. Um, so... We, we all have a, a different view. And so we went and we had a bucket list. And man, we began to go and do. We'd always wanted to see the Grand Canyon. I'd heard it was grand. I heard it was beautiful. I heard it was big. I heard it was magnificent. And we were so excited to see the Grand Canyon. And so we went all over in different day places. And we went to uh, Winslow, Arizona and stood on the corner. And uh, we did all the different things. And so we finally made our way to the Grand Canyon. And we got there and we stood on the edge of the Grand Canyon. And this is what we saw. Our vision. The lady said she's been there so many years she's only seen that two times. A fog and a snowstorm came in and settled over the Grand Canyon. And we stood on the edge of beauty and greatness and magnificence. And that's what we saw. Sometimes our vision is blocked. Sometimes our vision is cloudy. Sometimes there's things that settle in our lives and it obstructs the view of what God is trying to do. There's so many things that obstruct 
There's so many things that blocks our view and our vision. And uh, man, we walked around there and we there was a big major tower and uh, we couldn't even see it till we got right to it. And then we went up on the viewing tower where you can see for miles. And that's all we could see. The snow was blowing and pouring down and it was just... It, that was beautiful in itself, but that was not what I was there to see. It's very disappointing as we had to make our way because to go another day would be like six hours, three hours there and back from where we were. And so I thought, well, we're probably never going to see the Grand Canyon in our lifetime. We'd have to settle for the postcard we bought. How many knows a postcard is not the same? Having a vision, having a picture, uh, uh, somebody telling you what God wants to do in your life, having a dream is not the same uh, as reality. There's so many times in our life that, that we're disappointed by what we see because we've built it up and we're, we're believing, but it's just how it is. Our future is blocked. Our family's blocked. Our marriage is blocked. Our job and our finances, we know that there's blessings just right in the, within our reach, but I can't see it. It's like that way in life. What, what is it in life that blocks our view? Sin can block your view. Sin can muddy up the water. Sin can cause you to see a false reality. The devil loves to blind people. He entices people with all these kind of things. But when you get into sin, sin brings bondage. Sin brings blindness. The very first thing. Samson had been called to be a champion to fight for the Lord and he had won many victories. But the moment that the enemy captured him, the very first thing they did was put out his eyes. You see, the devil wants to take your vision. He doesn't want you to see what God wants to do in your life. He doesn't want you to see clearly. He wants you to stand on the very brink of greatness, but never see it. Never experience it. Be right on the brink of a breakthrough in your home, your marriage, and your finances. Be right there so close to success. But never see it. As he keeps you entangled in sin and in bondage and in habits and addiction. Sin will cloud your vision. Sin will keep you from seeing the plan of God for your life. Pride and selfishness cloud our vision. It causes us to just see us. Me, my needs, what I want, what I feel, what I think. And we don't consider others and we're not reaching out and loving and serving. And when you're full of pride and selfishness, it blocks the vision of what God wants to do in your life. You can't see greatness. You can't see. All you see is what you don't have. Who did what? Who said what? Who hurt me? Who did this and that? And it blocks our vision. Sadness and depression. Failures. Anybody ever failed? Oh, we hadn't we all? You know, depression and sadness. It, it comes sometimes when we, when we fail. And the devil says, oh, you're hopeless. You're helpless. God, God can't ever use you. You've made too many mistakes. He causes, he takes our joy. And with joy comes strength. And now we're sad and we're weak. And we can't see. How tomorrow can be any better than today. And then people 
quit and give up and commit suicide and begin to use drugs and alcohol, all kind of things, trying to feel that happiness and void. But you just keep going down, down, down. Your vision is blocked. You can't see a future of joy and happiness and how you can come up out of this. It blocks your vision. Hurts. We've all been wounded. Somebody's talked about us. Somebody's hurt our feelings. Somebody's done us wrong. Somebody's stabbed us in the back. Someone's betrayed us. Someone's lied on us or cheated on us or stolen from us. And we can allow those hurts. All we can see is the pain. We can't see the healing or the victory or the joy that's beyond. You see, the only way that Jesus could endure the cross, He said that He looked beyond the cross to see the joy that laid before Him. You can't just look at where you're at today. You've got to see further. You've got to see into your healing, into your pride, into your, your blessing, not just in your pride and your selfishness. You've got to look beyond you. And begin to see the needs of others. And how, yes I've been hurt, but how can I help heal other hurts? Oh, I've been wounded, but how can I be a blessing to somebody else? How can I meet someone else's need even in the midst of my need? God wants to give you a vision beyond your little radius, beyond your circle, beyond yourself. God wants you to begin to look outward and stop worrying about what's going on inward because God is concerned about what's going on inward and He'll take care of it. What do we do? How do we deal with these things? Well, first of all, if it's sin blocking your vision... The Bible says, confess your sin, and He is faithful and just to forgive your sin. It's as simple as that. Confess it. Repent of it. Stop doing it. Get up and move forward. Amen. God wants to open your eyes and show you a world of blessing and freedom and salvation in Christ Jesus. Amen. Oh, we've got to begin to confess and search our heart and say, Oh, Lord, is there anything in me that's bringing hindrance? And is there any pride? Is there any selfishness? Lord, is there any hurt? Heal my wounded, broken heart as we begin to deal with ourself. Oh, Lord, help me see myself. Help me look in your word and help me work on myself. Help me work on my attitude. Help me work on my words. Help me work on my thoughts. Help me work on myself. Help me get the moat out of my own eye. Before I start pointing out anybody else's faults. Amen. Begin to deal with our sadness and depression. And reach in and do whatever it takes. Get in the word of God and prayer. And let him turn all those things uh, around for us. Begin to deal with our hurts. Begin to release those who have hurt us. We just sing that song in the Lord's Prayer. He went on to say forgive us of our debts. As we forgive those. Come on. There's a lot of folks that have hurt us. But if we want God's mercy and grace and forgiveness on our life. We've got to show mercy and grace and forgiveness to others. And as we begin to let those things go. And God begins to heal our heart. As we begin to get up from failure. Everybody say get up. Come on. A righteous man falls seven times. But he gets up again. That's the key to failure. 
is just don't stay down. Don't wallow in it. Don't become that. Come on, get up and get on with your life. Get up from failure. Forgive others who have wronged you. And let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Amen? You see, you're standing at the edge of greatness. You're standing at the edge of beauty in your life. You're standing at the very precipice of happiness. You're standing there ready for success. You can't see it. The fog has moved in. There's things that are blocking your view. Sometimes the mountain that is before you is all you can see. But can I tell you, God sees it from a different perspective. Amen? You see, we look at things from the bottom. Come on, we don't want to miss what God has for us. We want to get a different view. So my view can be sad and dreary and weary and foggy and snowy. And I'm missing what's there and I know something's there. But I'm telling you, if God can change your perspective today, if God can change your view today, if He can lift you up and let you see from a different perspective, you'll see things differently. So... The last day, Friday, we had uh, we want to take a ride in a helicopter, and so uh, I'm kind of cheap, <laughs> and so I chose to go on a two and a half hour condo presentation because I'm good at saying no, and I like to see pretty things. And we went looked at a beautiful resort and a golf course, and then the guy said, "You want it?" I said, "No, I don't want it." But I do want that free helicopter ride you promised. And so we said no and we left there and we went and got on the helicopter. And I mean, it was amazing. And then we, we landed and I mean, we had a whole different perspective of the mountains and all the valleys and the highest peak, 13,000 feet with snow and all. It was amazing. And uh, we landed and we were talking to the guy and told him we were leaving tomorrow and we wanted to see the Grand Canyon and he said, well, I'll take you to see the Grand Canyon. And uh, he, he just made us a great deal because it's the off season. And so we showed back up the next morning at 8 o'clock. And got in this little bitty plane about the size of a golf cart. And uh, he took us and flew us over the Grand Canyon. Now, I was standing right there. That's what I saw. But when I got up a little bit and saw the things the way God sees them. From a different view and a different perspective. Do you know what was right there behind that fog? Let me show you a couple of pictures. That's what was there. Right behind that fog. I stood on, we stood on the edge of that and couldn't see it. But from this perspective, looking at it the way God sees things from above. Not looking at it from the bottom. Not looking up, going, oh God, I hope you're there. God's looking down, going, I'm right here. I see it all. I've seen your beginning, and I've seen the end. The Grand Canyon is over 300 miles long. We only saw about 30 miles of it. That's the Colorado River flowing there at the bottom. It's over a mile deep. Over 5,200 and something feet deep. 
the beauty, the colors, the, 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 the grandeur, the awesomeness. I had no idea that was right in front of my face because I just couldn't see it. I had the wrong view. I, I, it was blocked by attitude and thoughts and other people and pride and all the things that blocks our view. But now, amen, when I'm looking down from above and God has removed the fog and the snow and the clouds and the sun is shining, right there, that you see where it goes from green to white? That's beautiful blue. That's the little Colorado River. And somehow the chemicals in the water turn it from the turquoise blue of the big Colorado to that bright blue, it looks like white, of the little Colorado. Now, from the ground, can't see that. But from God's view, you see it clearly. You see, from your view, you see your life as a mess. As just... Empty and hollow and there's nothing grand about it. And there's nothing beautiful ever going to happen to me. Can I tell you, right behind that fog is beauty. Right behind that failure is success. Right behind your broke bank account is multi-millions. Right behind that sickness and disease is your healing. Is your deliverance. Is your blessing. You just need a new perspective. Amen. You need to stop looking at it from the bottom. And start looking at it from the top. God give me your vision for my life. Help me to stop looking at it through the eyes of hurt and pain and sadness. And depression and fear and anger. And let me start looking at it with the eyes of love. And the, the eyes of forgiveness and mercy. Give me your view of my life. Give me your view of my spouse. Give me your view of my children. Help me not to just see with these natural eyes, but open the eyes of my heart. Amen. We look at things from the bottom, but God looks at things from the top. We see the beginning, but God sees the end and the finished product. We see the outward. 1 Samuel 16, 7. For the Lord looketh, for, for, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh the heart. Listen, God, so we look at people and we go, they're just a mess. They're just a failure. But God sees into their heart and sees their potential and what they can be, who, what they can do. I'm telling you, let's start looking at people amen, through God's eyes, eyes of love and mercy and compassion. Let's begin to see victory. Amen. We just see the battle, but God sees the victory. We see the addiction, but God sees the deliverance. We see our lack, but God sees our provision. We see death and God sees resurrection. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen? Let's get God's view of our life. Let's finish January strong. Rachel, if you can click that next one. Is the next one a little video? To show you just a few seconds. Of what you can see. What's right beyond your eyesight. Right beyond your... Inability. 
right beyond the fog is beauty. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Take a chance. Go again. You say, I already tried, but I failed. Try again. Take another trip. Go look again. Remember when the the prophet was praying for rain? He told his servant, go look. He said, I don't see nothing. What did he tell him to do? Go look again. And go look again. And go look again. And finally, he said, I see a cloud, but it's just the size of a man's hand. He said, get up, let's go. It's about to rain. We've got to have faith. And keep looking, keep praying, keep believing. Let's don't just give up because we didn't see it the first time. Let's take another look from a different view, from a different perspective. And you'll see something beautiful. Hallelujah. Give Jesus a hand clap this morning.